Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Um, who are you? I'm you, from the future. What do you want? I want to tell you about Dave. Dave has your future money. Spend it on whatever you need. With extra cash from Dave, you can get up to 500 bucks instantly with no interest and no credit check. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Vision's the match reaction for Everton 1, Burnley 2. Everton slow to another defeat at home. They've taken just four points from the last 21 available at Goodison Park in the Premier League now. It is really desperate stuff. At Goodison, isn't it? A big blow to the European hopes tonight. Joining me to have a chat about it, Mark Mosey and Dave Downey. Uh, Mosey, I'll come to you first. We, you know, we, we shouldn't really be surprised. We've seen this a lot at home this season, but it's just the same again and again and again when it comes to this team at Goodison Park and they just can't seem to crack it. Yeah, I mean, we're almost getting into that territory where it sounds quite lazy to say that they're the type of games that cost you the big prizes in football, but they they just are. If if you can't beat some of the poorer teams in the league, then you're going to go absolutely nowhere. And the most frustrating thing about it is that nothing about watching Everton play against Burnley at home there and getting beat for me makes me think that it's going to be any difference at all against Crystal Palace or against Brighton because there's there's nothing really creatively that you can cling on to in this team at the moment. And I think that the only thing that we're, we're, we're clinging on to on a week-by-week basis is how long is it before James Rodriguez is going to play again. And it, it, it can't constantly be like that. Um, we're using we're using Gilfie Sigerson as, as possibly an excuse for not creating much tonight on the back of what we've seen as one of the most terrible 18 months as an Everton player that, that most of us have seen. And I think that the, the, the total lack of initiative that this team has against teams that are clearly not as technically gifted as them, but just find a way. And I think that that's what frustrates me about this Everton team is that we, we consistently struggle to just get the results without necessarily worrying too much about the performance. And I think that, that that's probably what pleased me so much about the Southampton game at home is that we were crap 
thought we won the game. But th- there's a there's this growing tendency when we play against poorer teams at home, and tonight was a shining example of it, whereby you can watch 15 minutes of the game and you know exactly how the, the other 75 pan out because there's there's a lack of resilience. Yes, initially in the first place, we allow chances. And I think the the fact that we get in at halftime conceding only two goals is, is a minor miracle. But there's a there's an acceptance there that there's no ability to change. There's no real impact, be that from an individual stance or a general team shift in mentality. There's no adaptation element about this team. And how, how do we take that? that yes, negative first half. How do we look at that as a positive and think, well, yes, we got that goal through Carvalho-Lewin. It could have been a lot worse. Let's go out there, wipe the first half out of your mind and just impose yourself going forward. Be that aggressive team on, on, the, on the ball. And uh, I think the most worrying element of the Everton side at the moment is that we look worse when we're in possession. And, and do you know what? some yeah. of these results are great and it, it, it's lovely to see us on the break and being dangerous and all of these things that we've seen teams do at Goodison Park, yes, we need that if we're going to excel. But we, we've thrown the basics of winning games at Goodison Park out the window. Uh, and ultimately, it's going to cost us because every one of us in the last three and a half minutes has looked at that Premier League table. We're looking at Tottenham. We're looking at Liverpool. Teams that are going to win those types of games. That, 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 it, yes, it may well go into go down to the last game. Carlo Ancelotti has said time and time again that he wants us to be in that race. But quite frankly, if we continue mm-hmm. the way that we're going, uh, regardless of what you think on paper the stance of the opposition is, we are not going to be in this race for, for too much longer because I've seen nothing from Spurs, for example, that makes me think that they won't put three or four past that Burnley team. They're clinical. But they beat them 4 0 last weekend. Absolutely. They know what they want to do. They, they know what the end goal is and they know how to achieve it. And they, and they, will, they will keep their foot on the throttle consistently. And Everton don't do that. Uh, how many times this, this season have we said that, yes, we've started the game slowly. West Brom at home was a prime example. We'll concede a couple of goals, but we've got a bit of magic in us and we'll gradually grow into the game. You, you'll only get by so far in this league with that sort of blase attitude to football matches. You need to be aggressive from the start. And the, the two teams I've mentioned who are behind us in Tottenham and Liverpool, they'll do that between now and May. They'll, they'll, they'll brush teams like that apart. I, I know that both of those have had their flaws this season, but if, if we are genuinely looking at challenging this season, I think that that game, I appreciate this is instant mass reaction, but that, that that game has sent shivers down my spine in terms of where we could go this season. And, and very quickly, Europa League, I'm, I'm clinging on to. Um, Champions League qualification, not a chance. Dave, uh, how are you feeling after that? Yeah, pretty despondent, but it's it, sadly not unexpected that Goodison this season. I mean, that's seven defeats down the Premier League, which is quite embarrassing. It's horrendous, it's, isn't it? It, it, it's, it, it's actually relegation form. I think, I mean, I think everything at the moment, I think certainly until next season, when we get some fans back, has to be treated in a certain amount of context. Uh, for instance, I don't think we'd have won or done anywhere near as well on the road this season had clubs had their home fans there. And similarly, it's obviously hit us hard not having our fans at Goodison Park. And by no means is that an excuse. I, I, I sort of disagree with what Mark's saying because I think this this season's so different that that has to be the first thing that I, I think about when these things happen. I think Carragher made the same point. He said, you know, 
Everton can go on to lose the game. This is obviously in the middle of it. And yet they're still well within the shout of, of getting in the top four. Uh, you look at the league table and that's absolutely the case. Uh, you know, we, we're still ahead of Liverpool, played the same amount of games. Uh, still ahead of Spurs. They've got one in hand on us, uh, on, on us uh, overall, of course. And then you look at teams above us like West Ham. West Ham play Manchester United this weekend. Um, travel to Old Trafford. Um, you know, Leicester, I was looking at Chelsea fixes. Leicester have got to play Chelsea. City, I think, have got to play Chelsea again. What he was saying, I think, is very true, that the, all of these sides have got to play each other above us, including ourselves. Um, and I, 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 I agree with Mark. I think the, the signs are obviously there that we're not going to be there. Uh, I, ex, I don't expect us to be there. But it, it, it's that type of season where we've had, we've had, what, seven, six performances like this prior to tonight. More than that, if you include like Newcastle away, maybe Southampton away. And yet we're still there. So I'm I'm sort of trying to detach myself from what I'm seeing from Everton right now with the reality that is the Premier League table. And there's not that much difference between what we're doing. Just it's obviously coming in a different order away from home for us, whereas other sides would be better and, and stronger at home, i.e. West Ham, I think, you've got a really good home record. Uh, but they're, they're still in similar positions. We're only two points behind West Ham. And and, and that's, that's the way this season is. It's not conventional in, in many ways. And albeit performance-wise. I mean, I've been having a lot of debate there since the final whistle. People saying that Everton have been abysmal all season. Performance-wise, I can probably see where they're coming from, but that's not how league tables work. It works on points. We've gained three points in so many games we probably haven't deserved to. Um, and, and and that's sort of the, the lay of the land right now. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not angry. Is, uh, is that not the issue, though, Dave, in, in regards to that? I think, I think we, we, we can all... When we win those narrow games, and you know we've called it fine margin football over, over the last few weeks, I think that you know you, you do revel in that, and you revel in that sort of with the hope that that confidence you get from getting mm. results in those games will be a foundation for you to go on and play better and control games a little bit more and just be more decisive. And we haven't done that. Like you know, t- tonight I think was, was as bad that, as, as any. You know, well, we, we well, we I don't think we've done that in any game. I don't think we've done it in any game really since probably Leicester away. A controlled the game, really. You know, you could say we did it at Anfield, albeit in a different sort of way. But in games, in games where you've got a team sitting off you and saying you have the ball, come and break us down, they, they can't do it. They, they just ca- they cannot. They cannot. They can't sustain pressure. They can't continue to create chances. They can't press, and it just makes it so easy for teams that want to just come and sit in and and and, and you know hit us on the break and. And pick us off to be able to do it. And let, let's be honest, I think tonight, you know, we, we've had, I, th- I think Fulham still probably was, was worse than tonight, but Burnley could have scored five, six, seven tonight. They got two. They hit the, the woodwork twice. They could have had t- two penalties in the game. They have chances which Virginia has to save at the end, you know. It, it, was, it was awful. And they just, they just seem to have no idea of whether they want to be a defensive team that sits in at home and play like that, which they've done well at times this season. But when they try and get on the front foot, they don't create chances. They don't sustain pressure, and they leave themselves completely wide open. And and that that is a worry for me. It's not just one thing you look at going. If we get Rodriguez back in the team, you know, you know, you know, we'll be able to create chances. Fine, we will. But that's not going to, you know, make the midfield better at sustaining pressure. It's not going to make the defense any better at stopping teams counterattacking on us and us being wide open. It's, it seems like there's a lot to solve when it comes to these these home games. And and let, let's be honest, most of your home games in this league are going to be exactly like that. 
it, it's not that I don't agree with your points. I think it's alarming, but the league table says otherwise. We, we've had we've had seasons where we've played miles better than we have this season and been a hell of a lot lower down the league table. And that, that's where you need to, to balance this out. This, this is where I think we need that perspective because that league table says we're still in the hunt for the top four. If you, if you just looked at that league table and I said to you in September when the season started, this is where Everton would be after 28 games, would you take it? Absolutely, yeah, you would. And you wouldn't give a shit how we got the points either. It, 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 what, what, what people are getting caught up in is the performances and what that alludes to that comes next. What this side showed us this season is that, yes, okay, the performances to watch have been quite reckless, quite poor, generally. Of, of what I mean, we've won 14, we've won half of our Premier League games. We haven't been able to say that for a long time, by the way. And 10 of them have come by one goal margins. No, it's not going to be pretty. But then, you know, you look at the squad, the squad's not pretty, I think. There's a, there's a, there's a certain amount of hypocrisy when people are complaining about this thing, when... All we've done since Ancelotti's been in is praise how much he's been able to get out of a very limited amount of players. And I understand that. I do it myself all the time. I'll, I'll sit there and berate maybe Calvert-Lewin tonight for missing a hat full of chances where he, he could have feasibly scored four goals tonight. And he put one away. Um, and if he puts them away, nobody's talking about a reckless midfield performance. Nobody's talking about an inept defence that couldn't deal with uh, Dwight McNeil at times, who, who I thought was really good for Burnley. We're, we're then talking about Everton squeaking another result, and and when it is on, when it is such a fine margin, you have to accept this sort of thing happens. I don't think it was a fine margin tonight. I think Burnley were more than worthy of of probably beating us by two or three goals. I thought they were that that much better than us, or either that or we were that much worse. But where I'm where I'm trying to keep a sane mind about all this is where it leaves Everton. And look, the the, the scoreline doesn't paint pictures, does it? It doesn't tell you the story of games. Nonetheless, Everton have won the fourth amount of highest amount of games in the Premier League this season. That's where we are right now. Now, if this continues, which is exactly what Marks alluded to, the other sides would put Burnley to the sword, like Spurs last week. Well, we're still above Spurs in the Premier League table. They don't get any more for winning that game as much as we don't get any less for losing it. So when it comes to Palace next week, I'll fully be here in two weeks. After we've been knocked out of the cup, I'll be sitting three weeks, with, isn't it? Three weeks away. We've got three weeks, yeah, I'll, be, I'll be sitting there with the both of you saying, Well, yeah, look at how poor we've been. The season's petered out, and we're going to finish in mid table. That would be what everything's sort of pointing towards right now because we've been that poor. But how many times have we said it when we lost to Fulham, then we lost to City, and then we went and won three games? You wouldn't have expected us to win. You know, look at Old Trafford, no one expected us to get anything there. 2 0 down, got a point from it. We've we've defied expectations and somewhat logic this season, and I'm not ready to throw the towel in on on that happening again, simply because of how good the manager we've got is. Um, personnel wise, obviously the core is the massive absence, and while he's not there for the next eight to ten weeks, then we are going to suffer in midfield, and it's up to Ancelotti and the rest of them to find a different way of playing here. But oh, I, I'm devastated with the performance, devastated with not getting anything from the game tonight. But the, 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 there's seven, eight, maybe up to a dozen other football clubs who've had this this season, and that's why the league table is how it is. Everton will probably still be in there for the next six weeks. So we, we're going to lose four or five on the spin, yet we're out of it. But Europa League, you, you've got teams welfare. What, Villa are five behind us, are they? They can still get in the Europa League. It probably goes to seventh. So you've only got to finish in front of one of Chelsea and Liverpool as it stands. I don't expect West Ham to, to, to last the course. I think Leicester have got some issues too. 
we're not the only team in this boat. And I think it's very easy to get caught up and say that we are when we're in this sort of Everton bubble. So I'm not feeling as despondent about the season as a whole. The game, yes, but we've they've proven this season, I think, that we have to give them the chance to bounce back. I think my issue with teams like Spurs and Liverpool are is that... I you think they'll always come good, that's the thing, Mark. They're, they're so adept at peaking at the right times. And yeah. We've got no previous to, to suggest that we are capable of doing that. And You mentioned the manager, he, he is the reason that the, the reason that we have so, so much optimism for this squad is that he, he is someone who is is capable of generating positive reactions at exactly the right points in the season. But I think that for, for Evertonians, uh, for, for someone who's watched a, a pretty dejected side for the last 20 years, that my, my instinctive reaction is that, that this is the slide. It is coming. Um, I think that the, the, other, the other cause for pessimism for me is that the more I see this team have time to prepare for games the West Ham one on New Year's Day always always rings a bell in my mind and the, the the more time we seem to have to prepare for a game the more dejected I feel coming out of the back of it um, and and that that automatically leads me to the theory of our oh, is our success this season just the product of chaos as you mentioned David and, and the fact that it is a a slightly different season to, to well it, it's a massively different season to normal and it, sitting here in March with 10 games left. I, I just don't want this to feel that we're just going to go full Everton on this and just end up in 7th or 8th position and and we'll work on it next season and possibly build up to a, a European finish. And I think that that's on the back, admittedly, 10 minutes after a defeat at home against Burnley. <laughs> I think that's where you, you very much rest. But you're dead right in, in terms of the reaction of this Everton side in that we, we can feel this way after a home defeat against Burnley. And then we'll go and do ridiculous things at the Emirates probably. And, and no doubt at City on the last game of the season, which is in my mind, the most nailed on Everton victory of all time. Because <laughs> at that point, we'll probably be Europe and, and we'll go and smash them 3-0. Um, but I think that the, the worry about the worry that I have about Everton having time to prepare for games and then ultimately disappointing I think leads me back to a general theory of that I don't really feel any form of promise in this side or optimism when we're on the ball. It all feels very reactive. The the lack of ideas, everything that relies on ingenuity seems to revolve around James Rodriguez. Yes, he is capable of, of picking out individual moments and creating chances and everything that we saw in the initial stages of the season, but... Is that is that tangible enough to build a future on? And I think that that's that's where I'm not overly sure on this. James Rodriguez debatably is not something that we can build a future on, regardless of of where his future goes. But uh, I think I think I'm ready to stop thinking about Everton games about how James would have helped here because that that is ultimately not a healthy way to build a competitive football team. Um, we are competitive at times at the moment, but ev- everything about success in this league relies on consistency. And, and as much as we haven't seen that from teams like Liverpool and like Tottenham, if, if you ask me, if, if everyone sat down and looked at that league table now between all of the club teams that are in the run for Europa League and Champions League, who's going to look at that and think, we're going to take this by the scruff of the neck and we're going to really take it to every team around us for the next 10 games and make it difficult for people to finish above us. I think Everton are the they're the ones to get kicked about by everyone here, and and that 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 is just previous because we we have no 
we have no history for being the aggressors in this situation. I hope it's wrong, and I hope that I hope that the chaos of this season continues, and that continues to benefit Everton. But there has to become a point where we have to dictate our own tenure, in the, we we have to dictate our own path in the season. And I think at the moment we're we're kind of relying on this this flip flop nature that that seems to happen in this league from week to week at the moment in terms of mm. where where we finish and and that that ultimately is a a flip of a coin about where where Everton's progress lies. Yeah, I think for me it's just like it's the eye test. I just look at Tottenham at the moment and think they're just they're a long way they're a long way ahead. Of, you know, I don't know what you're saying. Dave, but did, but you beat Palace and Burnley, Matt. Say it again, sorry. It'd be Palace and Burnley, and I know you throw at me, yeah, we couldn't get past Burnley tonight, but... <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got pretty yeah, comprehensively yeah. outplayed by Burnley tonight. And I think you, you, you just, I just look at them and I think that they're... That they just look, they look a lot better at the moment. West Ham, I know, we, I know you, a lot of people expect them to drop off and you say they expect them to drop off. I, you know, they just look a lot better, a lot more together, know a bit more sure about what, they, what they're about at the moment. Moments than we are. They got all the key players pretty much fit. They just seem an, an altogether more together outfit than we are, and I think that's that, that is. I mean, I mean, we could talk. We could, suppose we could talk about the the bigger picture over the next few weeks. This this is instant instant reaction. We haven't even spoke about the game, but just on, on the match in in general, Dave. Where, where did you think it it went wrong for for Everton tonight? Because he started off with with that diamond system, and then it seemed like it took barely a few minutes to figure it out, and then once they did figure it out, they were. They were all over us, weren't they, in that first half? Yeah, I thought we started brightly, but then I just it also felt like just such a much better, more mobile, physical team than us as well. Which you know, if you're going to talk about general concerns about where this leads for Everton, that, that, that to me is probably the most alarming of a lot of them. Alan looked like a boy amongst men, um, gets absolutely done a kipper for Dwight McNeil's goal, which deserves a hell of a lot of credit, by the way. It's a phenomenal goal. Um, but you know, I, how, how quick is he to think that he's going to shift this back onto his right foot? I mean, a man of real, you know, Champions League pedigree and experience there has just basically been sent for the echo. It's really um, weak bit of play that I think. It's it's poor. It is poor. And then I, I think the the first one we can see it as well. Davis has got to be stronger there. I mean, it as, as as good as Tom's been for the last couple of months, and I think he has. There's so so much complacency and naivety in what he's trying to do there. The, the first touch is poor. I think he's probably not, fouled, but it's not. But then to not. But the thing yeah. is, he can, probably, he can probably get the foul out of that. He just isn't quick enough or clever enough to get his body across to his right hand side in between. Who is it? Brownlow, is it? What's his name? Brownhill, yeah. Brownhill and the ball. He isn't quick enough of getting his body there. He gets but, struck to one. Like who's Brownhill? Evan Gale. <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, that, that that's probably an indication of how bad it was. Yeah, we don't know this lot, but um, yeah, he shrugs him aside, and, and then the, you know, just a chronological order of headers, and then Everton go one 0 down. Go finished by Chris Wood. Uh, could have been a hell of a lot worse if it weren't for Godfrey's exploits in defence. So I thought probably comes out of the game, maybe with his head held high, where others haven't. Um, yeah. And yeah, that that sort of paltry effort in midfield was was really bad. Um and I don't believe the the personnel we had in there people will point to anyway and say we missed the core and stuff. But you've got to do better than that. You've got to be more savvy and streetwise against a side like Burnley, who are absolutely savvy and streetwise. There was such a naivety about how Everton played, the gaps that appeared in the midfield. If it, it felt like that, you know, Sean Dice basically spotted this after five minutes, told his players to to crowd the midfield area because you're just going to be too big and strong. 
and be able to knock it around these lads because they can't turn around. Davis has never been quick. Gomez, I don't think quick's in his vocabulary. And, and Alan is still probably not match fit fully, yet going to be asked to do 90. Um, and, and that's where Burnley exploiters are feeling. And it should have been a hell of a lot more. Defensively, I thought Keane was okay. I thought Godfrey was decent, like I say. Luca Dean made some strange choices when he got into decent crossing positions. Right-hand side. Well, that that corner when Jean Virginia came up at the end that just hit yeah. the first man. Yeah, and we tried to claim for a penalty as well, which is more embarrassing. And then Mason Holgate, for me, he's, he's just not good enough at the moment. I haven't seen anything from him uh, since he's been getting back into the side after that spell out with injury. Mm. Don't see what he's doing to get in there ahead of Seamus Coleman, who there are issues with anyway. As we've seen when he comes on, the first thing he does is toe-bang it out to play when we've got a two-on-one attack on the right-hand side. So, yeah, plenty, plenty wrong, Matt. And Calvert-Lewin as well, I think, Possibly got away from a little bit of criticism, not only because you want to marry him, but also because I think he's been quite poor in recent weeks. Why uh, sitting there, Dave? Don't, don't say that too loudly. Should, should be kicking off. What, what's the word called when you marry two people and it's illegal? <laughs> you missed this. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Anyway, I'll keep uh, it off, sure. Well, yeah, I, I, I would as well because Dom, your favourite boy, wasn't at his best tonight. And and still, you know, this, this is the thing you talk about fine margins. Still, could have could have ever could have easily got Everton an equaliser or and or a winner. Uh, he had that many clear cut chances. It's just not falling for him right now. I think we're beyond the point where we're able to say it's bad luck. I just think it's been quite poor from him in general. We've got nothing in reserve. I, mean, I thought Richarlison ran his ran his ass off tonight. I thought he was okay. Just didn't happen for him. But he put in all the effort in the world. And Josh King could well go down as one of the worst signings you've ever seen at the football club. So that's about it in a nutshell from me. <laughs> I, uh, no, I said this to, to Matt during the game, Dave, that if you asked me in September <laughs> what I would be thinking about <laughs> this Everton squad, it would not be that we've got a soft underbelly in the centre of midfield and that having signed Alan and Decore and having people like Gomez and Davis in the background, that I would still game in, game out, look at the centre of that, that midfield and think something's missing there. Yeah. And it, it, it absolutely is. And I think that it, it's obviously enormously concerning and we, we seem to pin all of these hopes on the phantom of Gabamin somehow returning from... from yeah. God knows that there's been so much hysteria about that lad in the last seven days for some you, reason. You talk about, you talk about alarming, Mark. Yeah. Ancelotti actually name-checking him to me was one of the big ones that's rung many bells for me this week. The fact that, okay, fine, you don't want to reveal your hand in terms of recruitment in the summer. But to say, oh, it all depends on how fit this lad is or when we can get him back. Well, I've seen him play less than two two games, two full games for the football club. You can't you can't say that. You, you just, you, you just you know, you want to... If you want to make a fans optimistic, you just can't come out with you've stuff got, like that. You've just got to pretend he's, he's not there, haven't you? And you just don't mention him because nobody knows. And the thing it does is it raises the bar. Pretend that Everton aren't there, but here we are. <laughs> do, you know what I, do you know what I mean? You, you can't... You, no. he's, not, he's not going to play... The, by the time he's, he's not going to play this season, is he? Let's be honest. By the time he comes back in, it's going to be two years. Two years since I kicked the ball in anger in a competitive game. If he you comes see, back and could do anything, it's a bonus. But for, forget, yeah. forget, forget him. I, I, I think in these, I know what you're both saying about the squad, but I, I think in these games, and you know, people might have a get stuck into me here. It's, it's how we're set up. It, there's, 
there's no idea how to unsettle these teams. We just every time a team is struggling, and I know it's a different season. I know there's supporters. I know every team's had some people's bad home records, etc., etc., etc. All the caveats are there, but we haven't got a clue when it comes to unsettling these sides that want to sit in and defend and, and hit us on the counter attack. There's there's no pressure. When was the last time, honestly, you watched us one of these home games and we fizzed a couple across the, across the box? We won it high up and we, we put it back on and you thought, we're working these hard here. We're moving it side to side quickly. We're getting balls in. We're playing little passes in between full-back and centre-back. And they're, you know this, this team is working really hard, really hard to keep us out here because we are really penning them back. Right. Maybe, yeah. You know, we have, we haven't we haven't done it. We haven't even in the cup games. Like this, like we said it already. That this team lives on the fine margins and being better than the teams they play in the fine margins. In regards to structuring attacks, in regards to keeping teams penned in, on how to press, on holding a high line and being brave and holding a high line, they haven't got a clue. And, and you know, and, and and I think that the results the results show it. In, in you know, to take four. Take four points from a possible 21 in the Premier League, and the only really top star we played in that spell is Manchester City. That's mm. that, that's not on. It doesn't matter where it doesn't matter if it's played at Goodison Park or on the moon. You know, in, in regards to approaching these matches, the, the you know, and the manager's going to take some responsibility here as well. He's not he's not set this side up in the right way to go into these games and, and get things out of it. He's done an unbelievable job this season. We've been really good away from home. We are where we are primarily because of him and his acumen and his tactical knowledge and the way he's rotated the squad this season. But in these games, the way in which we've gone into them, the way in which we've approached them and the way in which we've been set up in them, it's just nowhere near good enough. We've always been a one-dimensional club in terms of how, how much impact we can have on any opposition. And, and be, that, be that Baines and Pienaar or being actually centrally quite strong, which I think most people would admit is, is our, our major strength at the moment is directly through the middle of the park and I think obviously on night side tonight the, the whole the whole game is crying out to be stretched and to bring on I don't know some form of direct attacking winger who's going to run at a fullback cause a few problems and as you say Matt get a get a few dangerous balls into the box and let someone like a Dominic Calvert-Lewin who is generally grown himself into the ultimate poacher go and be dangerous and do the thing that he does and I think teams teams Team susses out so quickly at the hour mark tonight. We we all could have said how that game finishes. It's either two one or we throw everything at it and Burnley get one on the break and and, and finish it off and we and we we go three one down. And I think that that's the yes, you could say it's a it's a kind of a lazy assessment of how Everton are, but we we have no plan B. And and you can argue long and hard about whether we ha- actually have a plan A at all. But I think the. You're consistently seeing players step up and demand more responsibility. And you see the, the one that is so easy to lay blame on tonight, and rightly so, to, to have someone like Alex Werby on your wing, putting putting crosses like that into the box. I mean, I'm sure we'll get on to what has been a, a very exciting week for Alex Werby, both on the pitch and on Instagram. But if you're going to lay a challenge down to a Premier League manager and one in the calibre of Carlo Ancelotti, when he calls you out and says, go and do it then, 
you better make sure you've got answers. And everything we saw from that lad tonight just reaffirmed everything that every Evertonian ever knew about this player. And it's that the four games that we saw where he was brilliant and we went away at Leicester and he played right wing back and we thought that everything was solved, it was a flash in the pan. Because he, he is not of the standard that this club expects to be at in the next 18 months to two years. I thought his performance tonight was abysmal. It's up there with some of the attacking prowess that we see from Guilty Sigerton on a on a semi-regular basis, albeit he's been better recently. But it, it, it's, this, it's a consistent ability of senior players to kind of throw their name into the hat as, as the saviour of Everton's European progress and, and for us never actually to get there. Um, we, we are... We are very, very one-dimensional. We've got no sort of flex in the system. We've got no footballing intellect to know on the hour mark when something's not quite going our way. And it seems to take us between that sort of hour mark to 80 minutes. Hmm. We, we lose that time. We lose that time in just sheer panic and not really knowing what the, the, game, the game is going to finish like. And, and yes down the years, we've used that last 10 minutes to suck the ball into the Gladys and all of the sort of fan-related cliches that you could possibly use to just live off emotion, to drag yourself through through games. We, we, we quite simply haven't got that at the moment. We're going to have to rely on skill and technique and tactical ability. And at the moment, it doesn't look like we've got any of those things. Yeah, just a, um, a, a start to finish off on relating to that. Uh, Everton have failed to score a goal in the second half in each of the... Are you ready for this? Last 11 Premier League home games. Well, I mean, it goes it goes back to what I was saying. I think it was in this on, on the weekly this week or last week about them not having a, any idea of who they are when they play at Goodison <laughs> with, no, with, with no fans there. Anyone listen to there. the podcast? Mark, hey, listen, it, it makes Mark you... Mosey's about to... <laughs> I don't know if he's frozen or he's just, like, yeah. just in a state of anger. It's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because it sort of makes you thankful you're not there in many ways. <laughs> 11, 11 games after starting yeah. though, isn't it? But yeah, but it is. But that, it goes back to what I was saying a couple of weeks ago and I'd never liked saying that I, I was right, but... I felt my comment that I made was perfectly appropriate at the time. Fucking dogs. Um, Is that what your comment was? <laughs> Fucking yeah, dogs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all their fault. Um, they seem, seem to pipe up when I get full of my me, me long run. But yeah, the, the point I made was going away from home relatively easy. Well, it must be easier for Carlo Ancelotti to summon up a team talk that's appropriate for the games that we play and the way in which we play them. Uh, happy to concede possession relative confidence in your back four and then being able to counter with a little bit of pace you've got in the Charleston and Calvert-Lewin to finish it off. Um, you know, that's a high-risk strategy away from home, but it's a thing that's worked for us this season. At home, can you can you, can you you point me towards a game where we've looked comfortable playing against an inferior opposition and being happy to have possession of the ball? I can't, and since that West Brom, when they went down to 10, in fact, or that Brighton game, that, those two stick in my mind. The sort I think, of peak Everton this I season. I think, I think um, Brighton actually had more possession than us that day as well. Did he? Well, there you go. I mean, and and there was the, the, there's a comfort, I think, in Everton not having the ball because, <laughs> with all due respect to them, and they've all had their games and they've all had their days this season, but we don't have enough players who are comfortable having the ball and, and knowing what to do with it. Um, you look at the times when we were in possession tonight. I'm not sure how it works statistically. Obviously, we must have had more because we were chasing the game. But how many times the ball goes back to the goalkeeper 
rather than we, we, we it was so weird. We get the ball, and I was going to tweet this at the time, but it was just one example that I had. But I think Alex Iwobi takes the throw in when we're attacking the park end in the first half, and you've got Luca Dean running in front of him, showing for it. You've got Richarlison trying to weave his way into some space. Gets thrown to Luca Dean, who's darted back to his natural left back position, and there's a square ball on into midfield to Gomez. What does he do? Goes to Godfrey. Godfrey back to the goalkeeper. And we start again by lumping it upfield. That to me is a sign of a side that has no clue what to do when it's when it's got the ball. And 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 what the most alarming thing about that is, we've seen it happen seven times this season when we've lost. You know, that, that Southampton game can go another way. Jan Vestergaard has a great chance to square it up at the end. Um, the, the sort of dicey one nilers, even the ones that we've had at Goodison, have, have been due to special moments from, let's say, the goalkeeper or, you know, a magnificent block or, you know, some some sort of piece of brilliance that we've had to rely on to end up getting the results. And it, more overwhelmingly, the point that I wanted to make was going to Goodison must feel like a bit of a burden to these lads. I get the impression that they enjoy being on the road. They enjoy getting in and out, getting out of the houses, maybe getting out of Liverpool or wherever it is they live. And maybe like whenever they go, they go got a fixture down in London, they're staying in a hotel. I actually think that'd be a novelty for most human beings, the way lockdowns worked out. And maybe they enjoy that a little bit more. We miss the human side of things with these people, but the, the, the alarm in home form, I think, just comes down for no idea how to play, particularly against these lesser sides when they actually want you to have more of the ball. And Everton's answer in on those occasions can't be to simply say, OK, well, you can have more of the ball. It just doesn't work like that. Um, whereas away from home, it does, and we excel in it. Yeah, uh, they haven't got an answer for it, have they? Go on, Mo, sorry. You think it's different with fans in the stadium? Yeah, I think it changes things, but... I don't think we have anywhere near the away record. We have just fans. No, I th- t- tonight was one of those games where it, it, it kind of looked as though... There's, a, there's always a point when you're at home games as a, as a spectator where you just think there's been a massive change in urgency here. And the the message is sent to the players, not necessarily verbally, but it, it's just something that you you just, as a human being, you pick up on that sense of absolute desire and absolute urgency to change the way that you're behaving or the way that you're playing or whatever it may be. And I think that that, that trigger and that switch is not quite there at the moment. And I think very quickly you get to injury time and you're lashing your goalkeeper up and you think, well, the, the, the chance has gone here. And it's, that, that's not necessarily to say that if we, if we lash a load of Evertonians in the stadium that, that we're going to finish in the top four because history tells us that that's not how it is. But I think tonight tonight definitely struck me as one of those games that, that resonated with me as one that just that, that collective being of Evertonians being in there would have really helped. And I, I, I haven't necessarily felt like that in other home games that we've that we've been defeated in but I think it's it, it's something that not to downplay us as a club but if a team like Everton are going to break into this top four there's going to be moments in the closing stages of the season where there's going to be games like that where you're getting beat by a goal or or your level going into the last 20 minutes and those those minor things can can turn it for you, and I appreciate the the massive caveat on all of that is that we probably don't have a great away record as as much as we do if there are fans in the stadium. But certainly tonight struck me as one of those moments whereby 
I, I felt annoyed that I couldn't be there to to to, to make that sort of off. Yeah. Well, yeah. So maybe that one home game that we can all go to in May will will actually win and enjoy. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, yeah, we will leave it there. Thanks very much to everyone for uh, watching. I uh, was we'll for a few comments actually before we. Thankfuls of them. Uh, Paul Hagen saying, uh, "Missing Hammer so much. Every time he plays, he scores or sets up a goal." But Mark's right. We need to get good without him. Um, we've got this one, Anthony Kenner. We have always been one-dimensional. Our decent seasons have been when we have been between those dimensions. For example, Martinez' first season. Mike Wire, we're giving players like Sigurdsson contract, explaining that one. This is our down. We are being average. I will do one more uh, from Blue Nose Dublin saying, I think the Blues were playing on the moon tonight. Bloody awful at home all season. Plan Z required now to get us all in Europe. <coughs> uh, yeah. I don't even sure we've got a, 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 a plan A, mate. Uh, Ian Clark said the booze would have been deafening if fans were in the ground. Yeah, Mark Rosie and his park end pals would have been. Absolutely booming to the rafters tonight. You wouldn't have been in the ground 2-0 down. No. You so wouldn't have been you wouldn't have been giving out any booze. 65. Yeah. It's, a good, it's a good point, yeah. I would have been the ship of Mike or Rick Fees. Maybe drinking well, booze, more the point. Would have, been yeah, watching, listen, would have been watching Shall Virginia go for that corner in the comfort of a nice warm pub. The thing is, well, when he goes up for the corner, he seemed like he was desperate to put his hands on Nick Pope, which would have been a foul. <laughs> he just came over and shoved John Moss there. comes over and says, like, none of that, and he goes, Okay, puts his hand on his chest again. I'm not sure what's happening there. But listen, point of optimism for everyone listening and watching. This is all still in our own hands and we've played worse than this this season, believe it or not, and then gone and bounced back, which has put us in the race. Still in a wonderful position. The only, the only downside is you don't see it getting any better given the personnel we've got. So um, I'm still staying optimistic. I still think we'll get in the Europa League at the very least, but there's still plenty of twists and turns to come. Just uh, one more start to finish off. This is from... Mick Greenall, he's back on the show again this week, saying that's the 18th league game in a row where we haven't outshot the opposition. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a killer, that one, isn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, that's that's as damning as, as we've seen, as anything I've heard that. I mean, you, you mentioned the... Uh, what was the one you mentioned, Matt? The 11 games where... We haven't scored in the second half at home. We haven't scored in the second half. Obviously, it links into it, but that is... <laughs> Christ almighty, you think of the sides we've played um, and we haven't outshot them for 18 games. So that, that, that means the first 10 of the season we did. Well, that means it's since the 10th one that we yeah. haven't. That's what it means, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. Have a good Saturday anyway. Um, Enjoy everyone. <laughs> uh, you watching the golf, Dave? I will be, yeah, as soon as we've finished here. Yeah. It's, um, uh, good Europeans, uh, English players, a lot of them up there. Westwood doing well. Yeah. Westwood yeah. and Fitzpatrick and Sergio and all that. So. Um, yeah, what, go, and, uh, go and stop thinking about all of this nonsense and watch a bit of golf. How's your Saturday night looking, Moe's? Just head in your hands, looking at those stats. Well, it's often going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Hope you enjoy your Saturday night, whatever you are in the world. Try and not dwell on that for too long. We've got a bit of a break now before the next Everton game, so some time to detox from the toffees. I think we all need it a little bit after that. But uh, cheers to Mark, cheers to Dave. That's been your instant match reaction for Everton 1, Burnley 2. We'll speak to you again very soon. Progressive knows that most people don't get to experience making a game-winning touchdown or a walk-off home run. So we're going to talk to you like you did something great so you can bask in the glory. Oh, man, I was there. That time that you bundled your home, auto, motorcycle, and other vehicles with Progressive? That was awesome. People were freaking out. I bet you get this all the time, but can I get an autograph? 
if you can't bask in sports glory. At least you can bask in the glory of saving money when you bundle your home and other vehicles with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.